So thanks for joining me. Thanks for your patience and everything else. And I'll still try to keep on track as far as your time and everything goes. Like we said, it's it's one of those Mondays, and it really is. I need a caregiver today. Oh, no. I, I need a real. I how to get one. So I, I, I want to get the clarification again okay. since I came across as Jackie, Jacqueline, J-A-C-C-I, which could be Jackie or could be J-C. J-C, Yassi. You know, in, in Europe, J's are pronounced Y. Yassi. Yassi. So <laughs> what is your preference? Jacqueline's fine. I mean, Jackie's fine. But everybody was going to look for my books, Jacqueline Ryan. Okay. That's my legal name. I like Jacqueline because it reminds me of Jacqueline Smith from, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Charlie's mm-hmm. Angels. I know Charlie's mm-hmm. Angels. And you, you're brunette. Just need two more of you and you need to do this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is about caretakers. How did this come about? I mean, did you go through an experience where with a a parent, both of them? Separately. Different agencies. Okay. Can you, can you give a little bit of background on that? I mean, as far as how you research or how you found the the said agencies and (laughs) what had happened and things? (laughs) I, I did what anybody would do. My dad fell, broke his hip, get him to the hospital, get him rehabbed. He needs some help. I was referred to an agency. And actually, the first lady that came out and worked with him part-time was very nice, sweet. She remembered me from church years earlier or something. And so I was probably lulled into having a good qualified caregiver. Because the first experience with the first lady was very nice. So that was the first agency. But then about six months later, he fell and broke his other hip. So then he needed 24-7 care. So we used, of course, the same agency. And they started going through different people. And it's common, come to find out. But you know, it's their job to find the right people. But anyway, we finally found, long story short, after eight people, whatever, that one, she showed up. Two, she showed up on time. Three, she was very engaging, had a great smile. And I liked her. My dad liked her. She's very engaging. And so there he went with her. And that was great. And uh, we had another caregiver from the agency and she worked out for a while. And then she left. So we had to find different caregivers. But the one I referenced to was with my dad for six years. Six years. We could never fire her because my dad paid the agency. My dad was never deemed incompetent later when he had dementia, but he was never deemed incompetent. And so there was nothing I could do. In fact, later that we transferred her to a different home care agency because the accounting lady at the first care agency had been embezzling money. (laughs) So it gave us an opportunity and the good caregiver went to this other agency and then she left, she quit. And then, so we brought this other caregiver over to the second agency and okay, that's fine. I mean, and this woman, she took my dad out for dinner. I would join them for dinner sometimes. She'd cook. I'd come down for supper. I could see my dad's house from where I live. I'm that close. I uprooted my life from Dallas, Texas to be back in Arkansas to be closer to my parents because mm-hmm. they were aging. 
So that is the reason for that. To, to com compress six years into a short story, she had been on for over two years or so with my dad. And one day she did relay to me that she had been in jail before for meth. So this woman who was a caregiver for my dad had been in jail and she had felt so comfortable to tell me that because she knew she would not be fired. Well, is, is, is that more because you used an, an agency? Is that more prevalent that way as opposed to if somebody had a private or in-home caregiver? Well, um, or I guess in-home can also be through an agency as well. Well, that, and that's the thing, Chuck, is that there are individuals, but how do you find them? And so I just called an agency because we're in a crisis mode. And that's kind of what this is about. You got to be, be prepared and be aware. Don't wait for a crisis to happen. Mm -hmm. If your parents are over 70, 75 years old, especially over 80 which my dad was around 77, 76 at the time. You're in a crisis mode. So you're trying to take care of things. Yeah. You know, you're not going to question and check and interview three or four agencies. Well, that's one of my recommendations now. Interview three or four or five agencies. And I've got a questionnaire of questions to ask. You know, I just went with the first one because I was referred to them and thought they would be reputable. Many of these agencies, and this is the point, Chuck, is that they pay minimum wage. Mm -hmm. So who wants to work for 10 or $12 an hour sitting with old people instead of working for $15 or more an hour doing something else while, while the agency gets paid 20 to $30 an hour? Right. It's yeah, you're right. I mean, I'd rather be flipping burgers for the $15 an hour than, yeah. than cleaning somebody and yes. watching after them that way for right. $12 an hour. You know? That's right. That's right. So then you wonder about the people they're hiring now. And I had no idea until later. And so my dad passed last September. And even until the last week, I went in. And his mouth was dry. He had dry mouth and a caregiver was sitting behind him on her phone. And I went over to him and I said, can we get him something to moisten his lips? Oh, okay. So even in the last week, the bad caregiver, caretaker, I'll refer her as a caretaker, actually uh, a couple of years ago had me removed from his power of attorney for his health care. This woman convinced my dad that I was after his money. And she was a woman that just kept talking, talking, harp, harp, nag, nag and stuff. And the reason is because I had taken pictures of some receipts I found of over $300 in about eight days of groceries yeah. for the skinny little man down here. And I was told they walked out the door and I took pictures of the groceries receipts and I texted them to her and I said, do you think you have enough groceries and birdseed now for the rest of the month? No response. And a month later, after my dad's birthday, he called up his attorney and had me removed as POA. No questions asked. Had my brother put on there. My brother was with me on the POA, but he lives 30 minutes away. And during that year, after I was removed as his POA, he fell four times under a different caregiver. Hmm. And this is another point is to a point when he fell a third time, 
where he had black eye and stitches in his head. I called the DHS Adult Protective Services. They did come out and they didn't do anything because he's fine. Because one part of it is that he was not on Medicaid, DHS, APS, Adult Protective Services. That's under the government entity. My dad was well off where he paid this agency over $200,000 a year. Think oh about my it. Goodness. Oh, 24-7 oh. care, $23 an hour, holidays and overtime. Now, and, and he falls. He falls four times in one year with one caregiver. And then he's slipping money to this other caregiver all the time. So that, that was part of that experience. Okay. Do you have any questions about well, that? No, what just amazes me is that how if if the scaretaker is a type of person who manipulates, they yep. can easily manipulate that person that is in there in their care because now they are the 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 front facing person who they see most often, and then they soon begin to believe them. That's right. It's simple as that. And so the seniors may forget. They forget, they don't care. You know, somebody is sitting with them for eight or eight hours or two day shifts or something. Well, you know, I go down and want to see my dad. I'm not going to sit there with him for 30 minutes even. But after this happened, so one, one morning, a month after I was removed as his POA, he called me that he'd fallen. I got down there in three minutes. And I had to wait on my brother for an hour. I had to wait on the nurse's aide to show up another hour. And I asked him, I said, why did you remove me as your POA? I would have had you at the doctor's a half hour ago. He says, you were after my money. And I said, I don't need your money. He says, I know that. <laughs> I mean, how do you argue with your parent that's hurt? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just forget about it. Um, I say that I had a similar experience because we we had to get a in-home caregiver mm -hmm. uh, for my father. Very expensive. Or should I say it would have been because this caregiver came about uh, because he was referred to us. And it was somebody who said we use him and he had him for three years with I can't remember which one of the parents it was. And it came from a, f a family friend of a friend kind of down the chain, so to speak. Right. A referral. He, he, a referral. Sure. He made it six hours. We we talked to him prior. And what had happened is my my father had rolled out, fallen out of bed or, you know, tried to get himself out, fell on the ground. And apparently uh, this caregiver went to try to pick him up and said, oh, too heavy. I'm not doing this. And left. And I got the call. And... So it became, you know, yeah. a, a, I hate using this word, but a family burden, a family job to be there 24 seven. Yes. So my question would be, is you, you already mentioned you get three, four, five different agencies, refer them, interview. Is that about the only thing we can do? Is No, is, I, I found some different services out here. I hate to make a pitch for a different company, but sure. It's called care.com and I have used them for some other elderly friends. And so you can go on there and say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody for this couple. She's got Parkinson's. She's 84. He's 86. I need somebody to just come in help clean stuff. 
will pay $15 an hour. And so there's people on there where they get paid, you know, 15, 18, $21 an hour, whatever. You can see if they're a CNA, certified nursing assistant, mm. and you can do a background check, pay a little extra money. You got to pay to get on the site, pay for background check, call their references, and you can hire them or fire them. That's it. You know, maybe go to indeed.com, put something out there, or there's different services now via the internet that I was never aware of six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this is, it's a family thing where the family should all be involved and know exactly what's going on? I've also heard where people were, one family member will just say, mom or dad's got to go in a nursing home. Well, I put them in the nursing home because, and then well, it causes issues. And, and that's one of the biggest things. And that's why this is a very important topic now, because nobody wants to send their loved one to a nursing home, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, and in fact, there's over 450,000 home care businesses now in the U.S. And that's a 5% increase from last year, which is a 5% increase from the year before. It's in the top 10 growing employment sectors of the home care business because, and I'm concerned, call me selfish, Chuck, but it's not only about our parents, but it's about us. I don't have kids. Might be a good thing, but you know, who's going to take care of me when I'm 75 or 80 years old, right? You know, I don't want somebody who's getting minimum wage to take care of me. I want somebody that's going to be well worth it. Well qualified. If they need to get paid $30 an hour direct, they're going to get it. You know, there's like 77 million of us baby boomers. There's 10,000 people a day turning 65 years old. There's 4,000 people a day right now turning 85 years old. So it's a growing, growing sector. It, it is. I mean, everybody go, gets older. We all age. Yeah. And like I said, that baby boomer time, we are, Here we are. the biggest, mm-hmm. <laughs> biggest segment of the population, I think, for the U.S. Yes. or. And we are aging. We're living longer, so we're aging. And I think that's probably another thing, too, is if you don't take care of your health early on, you're going to be in that situation sooner, and then you're going to be there possibly longer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just like, I don't know. That was one story. And another quick story. I mean, this is only my stories and my book. I started talking about this to other people, and there's other people who've done the same thing. They were in a crisis mode. They hired an agency and they found out that somebody took $40,000 from his mother or, you know, just, just it, it's, it's money, 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 money. It's all come down to money. And I tell you a good caregiver that was with my dad and she ended up being wrongly fired from this agency because she knew too much and she just got tired of, it. she couldn't handle it anymore because she knew too much. And this agency told her, well, we can't fire Scaretaker because we know we would lose that account. So it's about the money. money. And I told this company they were blank of their money because it's not about caring. And I'm going to see one of the owners this week at a luncheon and I see they follow me and I will be talking about my book and it will be about them. So it will be interesting to see his face this week. Yeah, now about your book because you are you are well known because you've been uh, Wall Street Journal USA Today was it or yeah USA it? Today and the yeah. Wall Street Journal it was in Success Mindsets how to how top entrepreneurs succeed in business and life and so one of the rules 
don't become friends with your employees. Mm -hmm. Because this woman that showed up to take care of my dad, I felt like I had a brand new friend. You know, it took time, but she was very uh, proactive and texting me about his care and about how he was doing and everything. And I thought, oh, fantastic. I finally got somebody that cares about my dad and take care of my dad. And, and we got along great until I started figuring out it was a couple of years after she told me she'd been in jail and started finding more and more things going on and stuff. She was a fraud. She's a con artist mm -hmm. and she's still out here. She didn't, she left the company or the company fired her after my dad died, but she's still out here. Nothing ever happened. You know, that's one big thing that you just said a couple seconds ago, as far as don't be a, a friend. And I know that oftentimes people fall into becoming a friend. One, maybe both parties don't know, but they become friends. Maybe one party is actually looking to befriend you mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. then it, it's, it's harder for that, that friend to say or tell you what not to do because you go, oh, well, it's my friend and I know he or she's doing it in their best interest for me. Right. But no. No. That, like you said, con artists, a lot con of them. Artist. Oh, and I, I mentioned the bright smile when she came in. She had great teeth and everything. The teeth weren't real <laughs> oh, because geez. of the meth use. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. No, I saw her picture on mugshot after she told me that from a couple years earlier. And she'd been hired. And I went and told the agency this. And he says, well, you know, we kind of inherited her, meaning because she came from the previous agency. But I, I didn't know she had a record. You know, I would, I would trust the agency to qualify the people to come and take care of your loved one. And these are our vulnerable ones. And I'm trying to get a law passed here in the state of Arkansas. And to any of your listeners, you need to check your laws in your state because my profession has, is, is commercial real estate. So in real estate, I've been fingerprinted in state of Texas and state of Arkansas, fingerprinted background check. In fact, in the state of Texas, it's called FBI Ratback, where it's an ongoing real-time background check all the time. Because I said, why is that? Because there are a lot of realtors, real estate people down there in Texas that were had been felons, had gotten out on jail, out of jail, and they checked the box. Yeah, I've not been convicted. Yeah, I'm not a felon. And they'd be out here doing financial and real estate transaction stuff. And so that's why FBI Ratback was implemented in the state of Texas. So I'm trying to get that in the state of Arkansas. But if anything, to have annual background checks, not once in three or five years, be fingerprinted and intermittent drug testing. You know, the old get older and it's, it's like that full circle thing. They become your children almost. And like you said, why would you allow an ex-con, a criminal, somebody bust your child around because you're still taking care of the child. You wouldn't. Yeah. So why would somebody be okay with them doing that for your parent? And you wouldn't. So no. put in the same effort uh, as you would your own child, as you would for your parent and do the due diligence. And like you said, check the laws in your state. And if you have that much of a concern, get a hold of the congressperson or somebody and, and Try to change the law. Change the laws. Make the laws stronger. And that's what I've done. It's uh, the House representatives in the state. It's a state-by-state state issue. So I've even got a story in my book from Florida. One of my friends became a CNA. She called me out of the blue. 
and I hadn't talked to her in like in four years and she had a life crisis, whatever. She became a CNA in, t in Florida and they have stronger laws down there, stronger regulations. But, you know, the people show up in their flip flops and wet hair and dirty t-shirt or whatever, or come in and bring a bag of laundry to do the laundry at the client's house and things like that. And yeah, she, she enlightened me on some things. And again, it became because the money, because her friend, she was down there because one of her friends was ill and the caregiver would go out to the grocery store and take a little bit longer to come back mm. because she would use the client's credit card to get her own groceries and drop those groceries off. See, and there's yeah. no oversight. There's no oversight. And that chapter, they're only as good as the agency that hires them. So when you don't have anybody from the agency to come out to check on the client independently, they don't care. They're just trying to get the money. And in fact, that is your book right there in the background. Can you bring it and hold it up so it's a little bit closer? So, yeah, let me explain that. So the hand is the manipulator of the caregiver. And then it leads to isolation and broken heart of the family. My dad was isolated from his family and his friends. He had a very good male friend. And, you know, he was told about stupid things about his male friend. And so my dad would be rude to his male friend. It's like, who wants to be down there to see him then? And so they isolate the client and leads to broken heart in the family and friends and money goes out the door. Money, money, money. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's a, sadly, it's a common thing. And I tell you what was most interesting. It was about a month ago and there's a very nice, the creme de la creme, assisted living you can go there for assisted living for nursing home for dementia care i mean till you're out of here mm -hmm. and it's the best place to be and they were offering in this magazine of their beautiful colored brochure magazine 13 dollars an hour for a cna <laughs> oh. can you not afford to pay 15 dollars an hour for at this place can you not even afford to pay 15 dollars an hour for a cna so that's part of my saying is raise the bar on the caregivers will raise the bar on the quality of care it comes down to you get what you pay for that's right so we as parents or we as sons and daughters of adult children uh, adult children we, we, are, adult we, children. we it's not us who what we pay is what we get kind of thing it, it, it's it's the agencies that need to do a better job and pay more yes. to get quality people yes so that's it because i, I know mean, a lot of times right now people People say, well, it costs so much to put my mom and dad or somebody in there. I can't afford it, so we're going to get the cheapest one. Well, even the cheapest one, yeah. the agency should be doing a good job to make sure that they are treated right, paid well enough yes. to be caregivers, not yeah. caretakers. So. Yes. You know, when you're somebody who's what well, i'm sorry when you're somebody in their 30s 40s 50s still out here looking for a job at minimum wage they might have had a hard life they've done their 40 hours of caregiving certificate they are not a cna and so when they're making 10 or 11 dollars an hour in today's time they might feel a little entitled to take something
Yeah. And I look off this way thinking, yeah, I, I, it's a lot of us, I think, in the world, maybe more so in this country, feel that entitlement. I'm worth more. So I'll take it one way or the other. That's right. Whether I'm working in the caregiver facility, but I'm going to go take a two hour break over there because I'm worth more. And so that means I'm going to make my hourly numbers match what I think I'm worth. I I mean, I know they don't go into that much. They just say, I'm just going to go chat on my phone or whatever it might be. Chat on their phone. That's all they do. They go texting on their phone. They're in the other room. My dad's sitting there watching TV. He's out of eyesight of the agency person that the agency's getting paid $22 an hour. And it's very conflicting. I tell you, Chuck, because I was on this agency's website this morning. It's like, well, you know, it's like 4,500 a month at a care facility. It might be 5,500 a month at a dementia facility, but for Home care, it could be around 3000 or 3500 a month, which is the cheapest and best option. Well, that's, that's so incorrect. And I might just tell him that when I see him because, <laughs> because when somebody's in a care facility, they are within the four walls. They will be looked in and hopefully, I know there's issues with nursing homes too, but hopefully be cared for within these four walls. When... Your loved one is getting 24-7 care at $20 plus an hour. You're at $200,000 a year. 24-7 times 360 at $23 an hour. Holidays, overtime. You know, it's outrageous the amount of money out here. And there's no oversight. Yeah, it ain't cheap. No, it's not cheap. And when I had a good caregiver, when one of the good caregivers was wrongly fired, we spoke, we made phone calls to the prosecuting attorney. We talked to the local police and it was all on deaf ears because it was not my dad doing the calling. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just dropped for a second there, but yes, it's until they signed the papers to say that my son or daughter could say anything and work on my behalf. You're right. It, it's you call in and say something. They're gonna. They're they're not gonna. No, they're not gonna, they're not gonna listen to you. They're not. They're not gonna do anything. And so something like us, Chuck. It's like, well, okay. So this has happened, and so this is what we gotta do. Well, okay. How about you? You know, what are we going to do when we're 75 years old? Do we have anything in place? You know. Okay, I'm not. I'm not there yet, but, you know, I'm thinking about when I'm another 10, 15 years from now or whatever happens that you got to be prepared. You got to look at your options and figure it out. And also, you know, the thing you could have your parent get a baseline, uh, a mental competency exam, if they're Mm -hmm. willing to, to do a baseline to kind of see how things happen. And it's like I'm saying this particular agency they took care of my dad for the full six years well within that six years he got older and he got smaller and he got dementia more and stuff and they never did change for any better quality caregivers for his failing health oh yeah that you're right that is another thing where if they're long term they do get worse they degrade so you've got to have somebody else who is in the know for that. If they didn't go in there with dementia, then they get dementia. You need to have somebody that now needs to be able to work with 
dementia uh, people. Parent, dementia you know, not folks, just yeah. a caregiver. You got to have somebody that specializes that knows how to work with dementia people. Do they have anything like that? Is that required to have any type of specialists in these facilities? I or no? I don't think it's required. I think, and I've been looking around. I mean, for a CNA, possibly so. But for these caregivers, they do their 40 hours. They may take a CE every year, but it's nothing specialized in dementia. In fact, one of the things that rings in my ear is one time my dad fell with the caregiver, whatever. I got down there and he was bleeding from the back of his shoulder and I got some gauze and tape and stuff. She said, well, I would help, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't know wound care <laughs> like I do, but you know, it's just a lot of different things. And I, I switched over to my mom's story. She was cancer at home, hospice care. Like I don't have enough going on then. Right. Yeah. And I hire a different agency who's going to be paying their employees more. No. Same old, same thing. Oh, MG. Oh, it's horrible. No, I fired this woman after three days because she left nasty messes and was not around my mom. And then I realized that she stole my mom's Oxycontin narcotics. I reported that to the agency. They just moved her to another client victim until I filed her police report. And the woman came back in 45 days later and signed a written confession. She stole my mom's drugs. Wow. This was through an agency. Yeah. So and, I've had the gambit. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, just our short conversation right now, I, it's, I take it as you are not the type of person that just, that doesn't look into things a little bit. So it, it's, it's like, you need to look into it tenfold almost. Tenfold. Anybody that's going to care for your loved one, whether it's a child, a disabled brother or sister, or a parent or anybody of your loved ones, your loved one, you need to cross check them 15 different ways and don't trust anybody of anything. And, you know, you really might be, you really might be smarter than they are to figure out some things and stuff. And I, it's just so menial, but so big. It's like, I came in one day, my mom and she's lying there. I mean, she's bit best. And the lady says, no, she wouldn't eat any watermelon today. And I said, oh, okay. Cause it's, and so I gave my mom a bite of watermelon, this, this, a small bite, like the size of the first digit of my little finger, not that size, but mm -hmm. this size of first digit of my little finger. And I put that in my mom's mouth. My mom says, oh, that tastes so good. Meaning the caregiver didn't, and maybe I didn't tell her, but she didn't know to give my mom very small bites. To cool her throat i mean you know who are who are these people who are hired are you kidding me yeah that that's almost one of those things that should be a given it's you should know don't give a big chunk of something to someone because yeah. they, they oh. can't do it well that's about like when you know I'm, I'm just relaying a few little stories and things to look for and i'm gonna the, the solutions are to i've got a questionnaire free questionnaire on my website you can go to different i've got resources on my website caregiverscaretakers.com but my mom my, my dad had to go to the hospital because he was constipated Nar, uh, you know narcotics do that too so he's constipated we had to deal with all that. And I come down here, check out his refrigerator. What? He's got pork chops. He's got corn on the cob and he's got a pecan pie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who's eating kidding? that? <laughs> Hello. You know, are you kidding me? 
I mean, why do I have to know this? And these people who are getting paid to take care of my parents do not know this or something. So I'm going to quit whining about all the problems, but those are problems to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And through these stories are subtle hints and things to look for when you're hiring somebody. And so when somebody does show up on time, it's very friendly and very chatty. Really check them out more. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, even there... check them out more. Well, sure. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a professional con artist. I, I use the term that person is being an Eddie Haskell. Oh. Hello, Mrs. Robinson. Hello, Mrs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. On spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They're selling themselves. They know exactly what they're doing. First impressions count. That's what they've been told. And that's what they're doing. You got it. You got it. I'm just hoping that, you know, reading these stories and looking at the questionnaire will help one avoid obstacles, avoid pitfalls and find ways, find a better quality person to care for your loved one. That's the, that's the end thing. And to find the resources, there's resources out there um on facebook i'm on a aarp site where people can just throw something on there i'm having this problem with my mother and she's mean to me and she's mean to her my dad and she needs the care and she's tired of seeing us and you know there's different resources whether it's on facebook or resources i've offered on my on my um website that you're not alone and you feel like you're on an island caring for your loved one. And it's something that we don't talk about out here because we're busy doing our job, doing our work and having our life. But this is going, this crap is going on in the background. That's got to be dealt with. Yeah, it's, I mean, you touched on this uh, for, uh, for a brief moment. People like you and I who don't have kids, we're going to be there. So we need to know what we're doing for our parents. So we're kind of aware of what we need to have taken care of for ourselves. So I want to put out one thing is for people to remember to go to caregiverscaretakers.com to get more information about this, to order your book from there. They can also, do you have like a PDF of the questionnaire or anything like that? Or is that in your book? Yes, they can input their email and and download a free questionnaire there. So I I would implore people to do that because if you're anywhere from the age of 30 on up, your parents could be anywhere from, you know, maybe, I guess there should, there there are some young parents, but young grandparents, but yeah, you're, you're 60 on up. And sometimes some folks who are 60 years old are getting old and other people who are 80 are still not quite old. So know your parents, get this questionnaire ahead of time and be prepared. Yes. Uh. I think the best way, because nobody wants to talk about the fourth quarter the end chapter the sunset years the golden years hey we're all going to get out of here you know yeah we're all checking <laughs> yeah. out at one point but no one was no, we're all going to check out but no one wants to talk about it so i realized and i couldn't do it with my parents because i didn't know but what you're saying chuck is to start thinking about yourself and what you're doing to make preparations if you guys are 50 years old, driving in a car, taking a trip or something, something happens to you, God forbid, what's going to happen? Are you prepared? Are you going to have things 
in place for your kids. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're working on preparation for yourself, that might be a segue to visit with your parents about it that way. That's true. You can say, mom, dad, what, what, what are you doing? Cause I'm thinking about I'm, for me. Cause I'm doing all this. What, what are your plans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't just say, well, what are you going to do 10 years from now? And they're going to think, Oh, she's after my money. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's here again at the beginning, we're talking about, we, we want to keep politics and religion out, even money, because they say money is the root of all evil, Yeah. but some folks have more faith. They're most of them are okay. I understand my time's coming. So you can talk to them about it. Depends on, you know, what your belief system and all that, what your faith is. If not, like I said, perhaps use yourself as the springboard and say, hey, uh, I'm thinking about this for me or I'm thinking about this for me because my kids, right. what what are you doing, mom? What, what can you help me with? And then you can have that conversation, a dialogue going back and forth. Perfect. Yeah. So, That's the way to segue into it. Make it about your concerns for your kids, i.e. their grandkids. So what are you all, you know, what have you guys done? This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I know the subject. Yes. And I know this is not what I'm going to talk or bring up is not really about what your book is, because your book is more about what is happening in the caregiver system and what to be aware of and how to help yourself, help your parents to help the elderly and how to make change. But this, I think, might be a good time, too, for people to bring up the the DNR, the do not resuscitate and things like that, because that could also have a play in if something happens at the facility. That's right. That's right. Yes, I have those questions on the questionnaire. Yes. Do you have it? Is there a DNR? Is there a POA? Do you have a TOD? you, You know, it's like transfer on death or payable on death and all this stuff. Do you have a trust? You need a trust. Maybe you just do a POD on your account. I'm I'm not an attorney, but there's things to be prepared for. And it's like, I'm going to say this, my mom, she had a trust. Thank you very much. She had a trust. And after she passed, she didn't want me to look at it before she died. And the book was like four inches thick or whatever. And my brother and I looked at it. Yes, everything split half and half, whatever. And the one page I needed was blank. And what page was that? The page that would have bank account numbers, contact names, phone numbers, insurance, annuities, and all this. I chased paper for over six months. It was such a headache. I mean, she had every, but we had to keep the mailbox open to see what was coming in the mail. And we were finding stuff for over six months. It was horrendous because she'd done everything, but she never filled out the documentation of what is where. And you need to do that for your own. Yeah, perfect. I was gonna say that's a perfect example for yourself to be prepared is have all that stuff uh, lined up. Don't again, don't wait till you're in a 50 or in crisis. You know, it's if, if people say start saving for your retirement when you're 20 years old. Well, you don't have to really think about this maybe at that point in time. But 10 years after maybe when you're 30. Yeah. I might just start thinking, or if you have a family, if you're a young family, family then start thinking about it. That's it. You got a family. If you got kids, you got to get yourself organized of stuff because if a crisis happens, something happens, what happens the next day? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine too, it's, you know, I'm, I'm single. I've gotten, I've got 
nobody except for my dog. <laughs> no one but my dog. He doesn't talk back. Oh, <laughs> he gives me the look, and I know he what that is. <laughs> yeah, but what I was going to add to this is, even though I don't have kids, it, it depends on, I, I look at it this way. It depends on what your net worth is. If you have a, something, you still, and if you have a sibling, that means you still have somebody. Because if you do nothing with what you have, mm-hmm. well, your sibling may not get it. No, it may it, go to the government. To, right. It goes to the government. Probate, the government takes it. Yeah. So more reason for everyone to plan and, yeah, be prepared. And not only, but let somebody know where your documents are. You know. Yes. Yeah. If if you're the type, if you don't want social security numbers and passwords hanging around and things like that, spend $60 a year, get a safety box. deposit box someplace and put it put it in there at the bank. And yeah. let somebody know how to get a key and just, just your one trusted friend or something happens. Yeah. You know, um, so this is a question. I don't know if this is in the book. So you just mentioned, you know, give the information or something to the trusted friend. So when it comes down to a situation like this, do you do you think using a sibling or a trusted friend is better as far as you know, saying, well, I'm going to... What would they be? Now I forgot the word. Executor? Yeah. Well, like, not a, yeah, an executor. Yes. Would you? uh, Yeah, you could. And that falls under the same umbrella because you can have, my my dad's got two executors right now. And, you know, they were uh, a secretary and his accounting person. So even your sibling or your friend, trusted friend could be the executor. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. You know? And something that a lot of people don't know, but, oh, I've got a POA, I've got a POA. Well, the POA doesn't mean anything once they're gone. How about the dual POA? The what? In The dual in life and in death. Oh, there you go. I don't know about that one. Oh, I've seen it before. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. With addendums in there. Oh, with the addendums. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the addendums. <laughs> so read everything. <laughs> read everything and you know even with all the computer and technology stuff that's something else to to have a place for all your passwords if you got passwords for your bank accounts and things like that to have that written down and place in the safety deposit box or something like that but you know every, everything's going to take in accounting for accounting for and you know like you and i are, are like the same chuck you know we don't have kids who knows who cares but you know, somebody's gonna have to deal with my stuff. Okay, how's that gonna happen? Yes, I do have a trust. I can't be preaching it if I don't have it. I do have mm-hmm. a trust. Yeah. And, you know, uh, POD. And, and so yes, I, I'm married. So something happens to me, my husband, my husband, something happens to him, it's me. But when we're traveling uh, down the dusty trail with our horse trailer and our brakes go out and we go over a cliff in Colorado or something, What's going to happen? We mm-hmm. got stuff in place. Yeah. yeah. This has really been really good information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's really, as corny as it sounds, it's food for thought. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It, it, it makes me, I mean, I was aware that this is what we're going to have a conversation about. But having the conversation and hearing is now brought it to the forefront and to my attention that I need to look at things again. So I, I guess I would also say before we 
wrap it up is that say you put something together and you were 30 years old and now you're 45. Mm-hmm. You may not want to wait that long, but you can, you should, I think, always revisit and look at things and see if you need to make any changes. Was yeah. that executor you named, are they deceased themselves? So what right. happens? You know, right. All these things can change over time. So yes. don't just do it once and put it away. No. Uh, and, and a lot of people do that. I recommend really every three years to check it. Mm-hmm. You got to be uh, proactive about it. Yeah, yeah. It, would you recommend that people use an attorney to put something like this together or initially use an attorney or can they do it on their own? Uh, either way, depends on what's involved with their families and financials. Mm-hmm. So depending, it might be an attorney, it might be a financial planner to work some things. Depends on if your financial planner is close by. So there's people in place that can always help you with things. And attorneys, you know, they could be as, if it's something simple, it might be as cheap as $500. I'm just throwing that out. It might be, it could be as expensive as uh, $3,500, you know, but it's it's all worth it to make sure everything's done properly. Sure. It's don't be so stingy. If you have a million dollars in assets and it's $3,500, would you rather the state, the government, or somebody take it instead of your nephew or something like that? That That's can right. help them out. So That's the point. That's yeah. the point. Because uh, will go to the government. Yeah. Uh, could you show us the book one more time? I mean, <laughs> I, it's not only that I, I think your cover is great, and <laughs> uh, the title of your book is fantastic, too. Thank and then you. the sub the subheading, the title up there, is Exposing Fraud in Senior Care. When you hear that, I mean... That's like, whoa, is that what this is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because caregivers, caretakers, because people refer to people as their caretaker. Mm -hmm. They say caregiver, they say caretaker. And so I just put it on my website. It's just the one S because it is interchangeable caregiver, caretakers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, can can folks also get the book elsewhere? At- well, it's on, uh, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Ingram Spark, but regular price is around uh, $4.95 for the ebook and $13.95 for the paperback book. So it's already out. Oh. It's either way for those prices, it's yeah. it's it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. There's going to be a wealth of information. It is. Jacqueline, okay. this has been fantastic. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, thank you.